This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Good Friday morning. A terrifying scene in Florida. Yeah, a small plane crashes into a neighborhood. It's February 2nd. This is today. In flames. I'm losing engines. Several people killed when a plane goes down in a mobile home park. It was um, a loud bang. The windows actually shook. The house shook. Firefighters rushing in to save people trapped in their homes. The NTSB searching for answers. We're live at the scene with the very latest. Super soaker flooded roads and water rescues after another massive storm hits California with more rain on the way. Some areas buried by four feet of snow. So where is it headed next? Al's tracking all of it. Border breakthrough? A key group of senators strike a tentative agreement on immigration. But will pressure from Donald Trump and House Republicans kill the deal before it even makes it to a vote? We're live with what both sides are saying. On the stand, for the first time ever, the mother of a school shooter testifying in her own defense. You never would think you have to protect your child from harming somebody else. Her message to the jury and what she's saying about missing red flags before the tragedy. Those stories plus Apple's new vision. Overnight, the tech giant dropping its first big product in nearly a decade. A virtual reality headset with a hefty price tag will take you inside the big rollout. And go for it. The Groundhog Day party is underway in Pennsylvania, awaiting the arrival of Punxsutawney Phil. So will he predict an early spring or six more weeks of winter? We'll find out today, February 2nd, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hey guys, good morning. Welcome to today. Happy you're joining us on this Friday. Savannah's enjoying the morning off. Craig is with me. We have to wait till 728 to find out That's if we're going to have more winter or more spring. Punxsutawney Phil what is ready. Think? There's a, a live look oh. there at Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's the, a party. The, it's, it's always an all-night party. Uh, Mr. Roker, by the way, predicting that once again, that groundhog will we'll see, see a shadow. Yes. Okay. We'll check it out. Speaking of weather, by the way, we are tracking that heavy rain and flooding along the West Coast. It's already led to several swift water rescues there. And it comes as another stronger system is on the move. And that system is set to impact the same region this weekend and early next week. Al is tracking all of that. But let us start with that breaking news out of Florida. Several people were killed when a small plane crashed into a mobile home park. NBC's Marissa Parra made her way to the scene at Clearwater overnight. Marissa, good morning. What's the latest there? Hoda, good morning. We are just learning from the FAA of at least three fatalities, one inside the plane, the two others inside of the mobile home that took a direct hit. This is a populated area. This was supposed to be a weekday, a typical weekday night. And of course, we saw it turn deadly. 
This morning, tragedy in Clearwater, Florida, after a single-engine plane crashed into a mobile home park Thursday evening. I'm losing engines. They went down hard. The fiery crash happened around 7 p.m. last night. I can confirm that we have several fatalities, both from the aircraft and within the mobile home. The small plane striking one home directly, the blaze causing fire damage to at least three other homes nearby. Two people trapped inside the house and the plane showing. This helicopter video shows the field of debris, with firefighters working overnight to put out any hot spots. We haven't been, even, been able to get into the scene to effectively assess uh, the totality of it at this point. The pilot of the plane, a Beechcraft Bonanza V-35, reported engine failure shortly before the crash, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. The FAA adding in a statement, it is not yet known how many people were on board. We heard... Um, what we thought was like a motorcycle go by or something. Then a few seconds later, it was um, a loud bang. The windows actually shook. The house shook. Is there anybody else in this house? No, I think they're all okay. out. Neighbor Rick Runner was at the scene minutes after the crash, taking this video of the blaze. Even after the fire was like out, you really couldn't even tell that there was a plane in there. Everything was just gone. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody is friends and uh I mean, it's 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 just weird that something like this happens in, you know, in your neighborhood. Investigators on the ground now working around the clock to get to victims and determine what went wrong. Now, we mentioned those three fatalities. We know that, of course, everyone is working to find out the identities of those three people who lost their lives and emergency crews working to make sure this neighborhood remains safe for everyone who continues to live here throughout this tragedy. Back to you. All right, Marissa Parra for us there in Clearwater, Florida. Marissa, thank you. Now to that unrelenting rain out west. Some neighborhoods in California saw another five inches in less than 24 hours. That's on top of a storm that devastated the region just days ago. And now more rain is on the way. Alice standing by for that all-important forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Dana Griffin is on the ground in San Diego with more. Dana, good morning. Craig, good morning. There's a high surf warning in effect until Saturday morning. That's because these waves are forecasted to be as high as 10 feet. It is windy and with saturated ground and more rain coming this weekend, it could make the cleanup here in San Diego more difficult. Overnight, the brunt of Thursday's storm swamping Southern California, soaking rain, dropping on battered San Diego, still reeling from last week's destructive floods. More than 300 homes and families needing assistance, 65 people in evacuation shelters across the city, 30 roads closed. The county of San Diego is establishing uh, a housing assistance program to connect displaced residents with long-term housing while they wait to get back into their homes. This, along with widespread damage throughout Los Angeles and Orange counties and swift water rescues across the region teens pulling a person from a storm channel in Orange County. And Santa Ana hoisting a man from the middle of a riverbed. Drivers rescued from submerged cars as roadways suddenly turned into waterways. I can open the door, fire truck came to pull me out of the window. Thank God they're here. Walkways closed after the earth underneath washed away. This is not a little flood, no, I mean, you see it, look at the cars. And it's hard to get into your house. And homes waterlogged. It's like a solid three inches of standing water. And even more so over here. That's like a good five inches. 
impacts of the Pineapple Express sending tropical moisture from Hawaii to the West Coast. In the north, the Sierra blanketed with snow up to four feet in some locations. The Russian River overflowing, washing out highways and flooding vineyards, trees and power lines down across the state. That latest storm may be over, but come Sunday, a second, more powerful storm will impact this area once again. Officials are warning people to get out now, get the supplies you need so you can avoid being on the roads. And a reminder, if you see standing water, do not drive through it. It could be deadly. Craig? Good tips there. Dana Griffin for us there in San Diego. Dana, thank you. 708, let's head over to Al. The West Coast really getting pounded. Oh, my gosh. And it's not over yet, as you just heard from Dana. So here's the deal. This is the first storm right now, and it's bringing some rain, snow in the upper elevations. That's today through Sunday making its way east. But this is the next storm. And while this atmospheric river that's going to develop with this system isn't maybe as strong as the one that's moving through now that's going to bring in heavy snow, winds, and rain to the Rockies, what this thing is going to do is bring in a storm system that's going to kind of sit and just waves of rain with this Pineapple Express bringing heavy, heavy rain over the entire day, over already saturated ground, as you just saw in Dana's report. So the big problem now, we've got a moderate risk of floodings from south of Monterey all the way down to Oxnard, dangerous flash flooding. We're talking upwards of a foot of rain, 12 inches of rain from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles, also up as you get up into the Sierra and over four feet of snow in some of those mountain peaks. So this is a very powerful storm, mudslides, all sorts of issues are going to be happening with this next storm over the next 72 hours and beyond, guys. All right, Al, thank you. We'll check back for the full you forecast bet. in just a bit. Meanwhile, we turn now to a possible breakthrough on Capitol Hill. A key group of senators say they have reached a deal to tighten immigration laws, but already that agreement is receiving some pushback. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is following this one. Steph, good morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. This has been a long battle filled with speculation about what that deal would actually look like. Now Democrats say they'll release the details and the Senate will vote on Monday. This morning, a landmark vote on immigration could finally be in sight. After months of battling on Capitol Hill, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer will force a vote on Monday. We cannot simply shirk from our responsibilities just because a task is difficult. As record numbers of migrants have been crossing the southern border, overwhelming authorities, President Biden has pushed for more action to combat the crisis, a bipartisan deal coming into shape in recent weeks. But former President Trump and his allies have been trying to undermine it, arguing it would give Biden a win in an election year. If the bill's not going to be a great bill and really solve the problem, I wouldn't do it at all. With the southern border under immense pressure, leaders of border states have been busing migrants to other cities. And in places like Chicago and New York, there's tension from overcrowded shelters. A growing firestorm after this dramatic attack on NYPD officers, some of the suspects migrants, according to police. Seven people were arrested for the assault in Times Square. I'm appalled at this. The city, we've had enough. Several of the suspects have arrest records since coming to the U.S., according to senior law enforcement officials. NBC News has not been able to confirm their immigration status. Now, some have been released as the cases are pending. In any case, when you attack our police officers, you should go to Rikers Island. The district attorney saying violence against police officers is never acceptable. It is paramount that we conclusively identify each defendant and specify each participant's role in the incident. 
Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, responding to the attack. Get them all and send them back. You don't, you don't touch our police officers. You don't touch anybody. The mayor of New York has said he's disgusted by the attacks. He's been one of several mayors who have asked the federal government for help handling the crisis. And President Biden pledging to do more if this bill goes through, guys. All right, stuff. Lots of folks following it closely. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank Meanwhile, you. the immigration debate and the possible deal that Steph just mentioned in that report will be front and center this Sunday on Meet the Press when Kristen Welker sits down for an exclusive conversation with Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. President Biden took a rare step against a U.S. ally Israel yesterday, issuing sanctions against Israeli settlers in Gaza who've been accused of attacking Palestinians and peace activists in the West Bank. Four settlers facing financial sanctions and visa bans from the U.S. The move came on the same day the president faced protests from pro-Palestinian demonstrators in the election battleground state of Michigan. Police with riot shields kept the protesters from approaching a union hall where Mr. Biden was meeting with auto workers. Now to a public apology from the Secretary of Defense. For the first time, Lloyd Austin addressed his handling of his cancer diagnosis and his decisions not to notify the White House about his hospitalization. NBC's chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander, joins us with more. Peter, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Nice to see you. Secretary Austin will join President Biden today at Dover Air Force Base when the remains of the three U.S. service members killed by a drone strike in the Middle East earlier this week return home. It follows Austin addressing those ongoing questions about the days-long hospitalization that he kept secret in what was a remarkably frank news conference. Still dealing with leg pain, his limp visible as he arrived at the Pentagon briefing room. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin speaking out for the first time about that controversy, how he hid his hospitalization and diagnosis from the president and the public. We did not handle this right, and I did not handle this right. Admitting his mistake and delivering this apology. I should have told the president about my cancer diagnosis. I should have also told my team and the American public. And I take full responsibility. I apologize to my teammates and to the American people. Austin, both contrite and candid after bipartisan criticism that he kept secret from the commander-in-chief and others within the Pentagon that he was hospitalized for days in the ICU with complications after being treated for prostate cancer. The news shook me, and I know that it shakes so many others, especially in the black community. It was a gut punch. And frankly... My first instinct was to keep it private. The secretary also responding to questions about whether he ordered his staff to conceal the emergency. An aide heard on the 911 call before Austin was rushed to Walter Reed. Can I ask, like, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm -hmm. remain a, a little subtle. I never directed anyone to keep my January hospitalization from the White House. I'm offering all of this as an explanation and not an excuse. Anyone else within the military chain of command would have faced reprimand or even dismissal. Why shouldn't that same standard apply to you, sir? We didn't get this right. And as I said, I take full responsibility for, uh, for uh, the department's actions. The 70-year-old hoping this moment serves as a lesson for others. Get screened. Get your regular checkups. Austin said as a leader, he had missed an opportunity to deliver an important public health message, especially for black 
and older men, he did, and he did not want that chance to pass again. It is important to note that Pentagon's Inspector General is conducting a review into Austin's actions, but no timeline on when that'll be completed. Craig. All right. Our Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander for us there. Peter, thank you. Nice to see him recovering well yes. there, too. All right. Mr. Oker joins us now. Got a full check of the weather. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Well, it may be Groundhog's Day, but I'm telling you, it's feeling a lot like spring. Don't think we need the Groundhog to tell you. It feels like spring in Pittsburgh, 43, 69 in Little Rock, 16 degrees above average. Denver, 53 degrees today. That's 10 degrees warmer than usual. And tomorrow, again, more of that warmth. Joplin, Missouri, flirting with 60. Chicago is going to be near 45 degrees. Birmingham, 11 degrees warmer than average at 66. Temperatures, though, do cool down, get closer to average as we get into next week. Boston, you're going to be in the mid-30s. D.C., low 50s into the mid-40s. Atlanta, you're going to touch 60 degrees near that when we get into Tuesday. And that's your latest weather. Guys, All right, what, what was your Thank groundhog you. prediction again yesterday? It was... Yes, I, they, I, it should be cloudy. You should not see a shit. Okay, not and today is 7.23. We're going to load. No, it's yeah, around we'll, 7.30. We'll yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, coming up, guys. Gripping testimony from the mother of a high school shooter, now herself charged. Maggie Vespa has more on what she had to say. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Yeah, prosecutors here this morning actually gearing up to cross-examine Jennifer Crumbly, America's first parent to ever stand trial for a mass school shooting committed by their child. We will walk you through yesterday's jaw-dropping testimony and what's next here for the Michigan mom. That's coming up. Also ahead, as if job hunting wasn't stressful enough, now a warning about scammers proposing as real companies. What to know before you click apply. But first, this is today on NBC. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy has done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. All episodes of Murder in the Hollywood Hills are available now. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Sparted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. We are back now. Wow. 7.30, yeah. February 2nd. Today, a.k.a. Groundhog Day, and there he is in all his glory, Punxsutawney Field, just moments ago, predicting an early spring. As did Mr. Roper. As did Mr. Well, Roper. Well, I, I just said he wouldn't see He shouldn't see his shadow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because this is the tw- only the 21st time out of like 137 yeah. that he has actually 
not seen this yet. Okay. Spring. Early, early spring. Early yeah. spring. Well, good morning. And look who's joined us. Well, hello there. Laura Jarrett's here at the desk with us. We're excited. And it's actually a good day for you to be here for many reasons, including this. A stunning day in court. Jurors hearing from a Michigan mom charged in connection with her son's school shooting. That's right. Jennifer Crumbly taking the stand in her own defense, testifying that back in 2021, she had no idea that her then 15-year-old son, Ethan, was struggling with mental health issues and planning this attack at his high school. NBC's Maggie Vespa has been following this story for us. She's at the courthouse for us once again in Pontiac, Michigan with more. Maggie, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. As you said, a stunning and emotional day of testimony yesterday. Jennifer Crumbly crying multiple times, multiple jurors crying as well. At one point, Crumbly's own attorney appearing to shed a tear. All of this as America's first parent to ever stand trial for their child's mass school shooting pleads her case to a jury that she couldn't have stopped her son. I wish he would have killed us instead. This morning, the mother of convicted school shooter Ethan Crumbly speaking out in her own defense. As a parent, you spend your whole your whole life trying to protect your your child from other dangers. Um, you never you never would think you have to protect your child from harming somebody else. In emotional testimony, Jennifer Crumbly fighting prosecutors' claims that she dismissed clear warning signs about her son leading up to 2021's shooting at Oxford High School that left four students dead. Crumbly describing Ethan as anxious and quiet with few friends, but never thinking he was a danger to others. Did you ever believe that your son needed mental health treatment, therapy, counseling, anything? No, I felt like... I had an open door and he can come to me about anything. Both Crumbly and her husband James are charged with involuntary manslaughter. He will be tried separately. Prosecutors say together they bought Ethan the gun used in the shooting. Playing this video of Jennifer taking her son to a shooting range. But Crumbly says her husband was in charge of securing the gun. Who is responsible for storing the gun? My husband is. I just didn't feel comfortable being in charge of that. Crumbly claiming Ethan school downplayed concerns that he was a risk. The morning of the shooting, administrators called a meeting with Ethan and his parents to discuss a disturbing drawing he'd made of a gun with the phrases blood everywhere and the thoughts won't stop. Help me. His school counselor testifying Monday why he supported keeping Ethan at school. I felt it was better for him to be around peers and people who are his age than to be home alone. Crumbly, who earlier cried alongside her attorney as prosecutors played surveillance video of the shooting, now hoping for sympathy from the jury. I do not want to disrespect those families that truly are the victims on this, um, but we did lose a lot. You've lost everything. We did. Maggie, we also saw the defense pushing to have her son, Ethan, take the stand. Where does that stand? Right, Hoda, this is a really interesting dynamic. It's been going back and forth for a while. Eventually, uh, essentially, the defense drilled down again yesterday on uh, their desire to have Ethan testify and potentially challenge the narrative that he repeatedly asked his mom for help leading up to the shooting. But the problem is for the defense's case, Ethan has made it clear to the court via his attorneys that if that were to happen, he would plead the fifth and effectively say nothing. A potential sign the judge noted that he may want to appeal his life sentence or at least wants to 
protect the right to do so in the future. And the judge was adamant, saying existing case law bars an attorney from calling a witness who's made it clear that they intend to plead the fifth. So she effectively shut that option down for the defense and they moved on from that. As far as uh, what's next here today, the prosecution is set to begin their cross-examination of Jennifer Crumley first thing this morning. Hoda. All right, Maggie Vespa. Maggie, thank you so much. All right, guys, uh, still ahead on Popstart, everybody's favorite ghoul is making a comeback. A first look at the long-awaited Beetlejuice sequel. Hmm. Plus a warning for anyone thinking about maybe a career change. Vicky Wynn is here to tell us how scammers are targeting job seekers. Hey, good morning, Laura Craig Hoda. Job scams are hitting a new high. Coming up, the red flags to watch for so that your dream job doesn't turn into a financial nightmare. That's next right here on Today. Back now, 739 with today's consumer and a warning this morning for anyone who might be looking for a job online. Scammers may be looking for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more and more people are falling victim to hackers who claim to be hiring, but really, they're just after your personal information. NBC senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn joins us with this one. Hey, Vicki, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. This is a growing trend. It's actually reached an all-time high last year. Scammers promising good money and work-from-home gigs. Even experienced job seekers are being targeted. So here's what you need to know before you apply to that next job. A new warning on what you might be finding online. Hyper-realistic job hoaxes, making it tough to tell what's real. Here's how it works. Scammers will post or reach out about a job that doesn't exist. They're actually after your personal info, like bank accounts, your social security number, or credit card details. They use that to drain your accounts. I lost $1,500 to a job scam. Often, they find targets through social media, people who say they've been laid off. What is it about someone who has recently been laid off that makes them especially vulnerable? We know that the job market is kind of tight right now, so and a lot of people do want to keep that work-at-home job, that flexibility. The Better Business Bureau says to research companies and positions thoroughly. Look at their job board. Is that really a job? Take it a step further, reach out to their HR department and say, is this person working for you? Is this real? The Federal Trade Commission says it fielded nearly 61,000 complaints labeled job scams over the first nine months of last year, costing victims a total of $186 million. They were actually asking me for my bank account, for my social security number. Diego Martinez works in tech in the Bay Area. He says he was contacted by scammers last year who were impersonating recruiters from a real company. After just one interview via text over the messaging app Wire, no video, no conversation even, he says they offered him a high-paying job via email. Is that when your spidey sense said, hmm, this doesn't seem right? I think the spidey sense came from um, as I was talking with some friends of mine. I'm a seasoned job seeker, but still, I, I didn't see this coming. The FTC says examples of common job scams include work from home opportunities that sell you on being your own boss, nanny and caregiving roles that don't require an interview and any position that makes you pay to get hired. 85% of people in the U.S. are considering a new job. So this means it's going to get much more competitive. To find legitimate jobs, tap into your network first, update your resume with in-demand skills, and be wary of anyone who offers you a job after just one conversation. 
That's just not how companies do business. They have lots of processes to make sure that this is going to be, you know, a good fit for both people. I mean, so, so Vic, if this has happened to you, if you've already been scammed, what can you do? What should you do? Yeah, the first thing to do is always contact your bank, your credit card, try to get that payment reversed, but also be really aware of those checks. Never cash a check someone sends you to buy office supplies to set yourself up for that new job. Or they say, oh, we're going to pay you, but it's going to be a higher amount. You need to refund us the difference. That check will always bounce. So by the time you give them your hard-earned money, you go back and that check was never real in the first place. And also just remember, you should report to the FTC at reportfraud.ftc.gov to help other people, right? Because that's how the government and the law enforcement can keep track of these fraudulent trends yeah. and warn people. Yeah. Okay. Scammers are the worst. They are the worst. Pits. We talk about it all the time. The pits. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Let's get another check of the weather. Mr. Roker. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Good morning. So this current storm that's affecting the West, this is going to start heading east today. And so here's what we're looking at. Heavy snow and wind snarling the Rockies. We've got a risk across the southern plains of strong storms developing. Now, tomorrow, as that system moves east, they're going to be high High rainfall rates, isolated risks of flooding into the Mississippi River Valley and moving into Florida as well. And then Sunday, heavy rain into the southeast, strong storms for south central Florida. We're looking at anywhere from one to three inches of rain stretching from Wichita down to Houston, across New Orleans and on into the southeast. Rest of the country today, there's a few snow showers up into the northeast of New England and those afternoon storms developing down in Texas. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Al. Everybody. Coming up. The latest viral trend that's apparently been inspired by some of our favorite TV characters. We are going to show you on this Friday how to dress like a mob wife. By the way, it's a thing. Cheetah, leather, all of it. Coming up on Popstar, guys, we're gearing up. Super Bowl 58 is on the way from Vegas. A lot of people don't care about the game. They care about the ads. Yes. Popstar, we got a couple of sneak peeks on the ads. And guess what? We've got a double helping of daily. Because football food with your bride, Siri Daly. She here? Yes, she is here. Who's with the kids? She's going to help us. She's taking burgers and apps. Known as a chickle. A chickle. What's a chickle? I, it, there it is. It's a, a, I don't know, a deep it's fried cheese pickle. Cheese with a pickle. Cheese, okay. Che- okay. Cheese chicken. I'm thrilled to be here. Chickle. <laughs>